0: Welcome to Reading the Bible Together podcast. If you're following along with us in the study guide, we're going to do the Greek word first, and then we'll get into our conversation for today's chapter.
1: All right, chapter 26, the Greek word for this week is ethnos. It means nation, people, or Famously in the New Testament, it means Gentile. So the ethnoi are the Gentiles. We see it 43 times in Acts. Not a surprise that it shows up that many times uh, in the book of Acts, 162 times in the New Testament. So you think about a quarter of the, a little bit over a quarter of the occurrences of this word in the New Testament are in the book of Acts because that mission of taking the gospel to the Gentiles, not just Israel anymore. Certainly, Israel is still key to what God is doing, but the scope is being expanded to Gentiles. The outsiders, historic outsiders to the things of God, are now being welcomed to join the party, to come uh, join the feast, and Paul is kind of a classic example of that. He is a Jewish rabbi, but ironically, he gets sent to tell the gospel to the Gentiles. And we see some cool scenes of Paul engaging with Gentiles. He goes to the Areopagus, the the Ares Rock or Mars Hill, and is going to debate with Stoic philosophers in Athens, you know, who are agnostic. They're polytheists, that sort of thing. Paul is not going to be scared to take... The gospel of Jesus to uh, those sorts of people, the Gentiles, who have all sorts of varying beliefs. Uh, Paul is going to come and proclaim Jesus to them in a loving, encouraging, God's love for all humanity kind of way. And it's a cool thing to see. So ethnos means Gentile race, nation, people, etc. It's a great Greek word.
0: Welcome to Reading the Bible Together podcast. I'm your host, Angela Smith. Today we are looking at Acts chapter 26. And I'm really excited about the conversation today. I have joining me the Director of Marketing for Northwest Media. Faith Radio is a part of Northwest Media. So Director of Marketing, Carl Bliss. And then I also have Director of Children's Ministry at what church? Hope Church in Oakdale. Minnesota, Katie Bliss. So Carl and Katie, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So just for full disclosure, we all went to college together. So that's very fun. It's very fun to sit down now. Many, many, I don't know, a quarter of a century later, I guess. It
2: feels like one of our University of Northwestern study groups. Yeah. (laughs) Getting together for the final tomorrow.
0: Yeah, exactly. We'll just
3: say it was just yesterday. Yeah, exactly.
0: And also there will be no test on this. (laughs) Oh, good. Very good. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so we're talking about Acts chapter 6. What has stood out to the two of you in this?
3: Well, it's interesting in Acts 26 that it's the third time that Paul's story is being told of how he encountered Christ and what and what that looked like for him, um, and it kind of blows my mind. Like the first telling, it's talking about how he had just these murderous threat thoughts towards those who were following Christ, and then has this complete turnaround because he encounters Christ himself on the road, and it just it's just crazy. I love how when Acts was written. The other, All three accounts were put in there, kind of building on each other, giving little other hints into how Jesus was going to use Paul's life to bring him glory. And I think that it was significant to Luke to put it in there so many times to really emphasize this was for real. This wasn't just some guy who, you know, is faking it. Like, this is a, the real deal, and and God has plans to use Paul to expand his kingdom, and it's significant that it's going to go beyond just Israel now to to the Gentiles. So that, it's kind of exciting to see how it builds.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's also fun to see how Paul continues to use his story to point to Jesus. In fact, even putting himself in, strategically into places where he gets to share it with more and more uh, people and everything Paul does here points to Jesus. It's not about Paul. It's not about injustice or religious persecution or the position he finds himself in. He just takes every moment to point back to Jesus and says, "You know, if if what I'm doing on behalf of Him makes me guilty, that's cool. But but hear me out." Mm-hmm. It's kind of the uh, the gist and where he goes in this passage.
0: And I thought it was interesting in this account the Maybe it was the way that I was reading it, but it felt he is more directly addressing King Agrippa than I remember him seeing doing in, in past accounts, giving accounts of it, where he's saying, well, you know, King Agrippa, you know, you know the ways of the Jewish people, you know, the story that I'm that I'm telling you. And it felt more. I mean, I know Paul's in chains, but it felt more like a, an across the table kind of conversation versus a court kind of setting to me.
3: Yeah, that's a interesting Perspective, just kind of cool how he's clearly talking specifically to Agrippa and others. I think that's actually one of the reasons why I chose this chapter, is because I am all I've always been struck by how in 26, he says, I don't care how long it takes, I want you all to know who Christ is. I want you to be just like me and as in fire for him telling his story. Just let's skip the chain part for the rest of you, you know. I actually, yeah, yeah.
2: I circled that as kind of one of my favorite verses. It's almost almost humorous. Uh, you know, Agrippa says to Paul after Paul shares his entire story, like, So you think you know, you can really quickly win me over to this this Christ thing and and uh and Paul says, Maybe it's gonna be a short time, maybe it's a long time. I just hope that everybody listening, and you know, this is not just it between him and Agrippa, but to everybody who's listening, uh, even us, you know, two thousand years later, I hope everybody listening becomes what I am Except for these chains, which yeah. I, I kind of laugh at. <laughs> I want you guys to be just like me. I mean, yeah. I mean, you take for these the off. Yeah. Could you take these <laughs> off? And this please? part's
3: not so fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh,
0: so, yeah, so those are some of the things that stood out in the retelling of that story. And I also think it's interesting at the very end, too, when Agrippa says to Festus, he could have been free if he hadn't appealed to Caesar, which we see <laughs> Paul address why he did that in later chapters. But... Like, almost like, oh, uh, I, I mean, it almost feels like he wants to be able to. Except he'd set him been
2: free. there how long and wasn't right. free yet. Exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. So, uh, the third question in the study guide is how does Paul's approach and behavior when he's on trial compare to Jesus's approach back in Luke?
3: Well, we talked about this one the other day a little bit, and it's fascinating because, of course, when Jesus is on trial, he doesn't say much, but he really doesn't need to defend himself. And he had a completely different goal. He knew the end results of this. He knew he was going to the cross. And so at that point, he was set to fulfill that. And so he doesn't say much at all. But here, Paul, in his defense, he's his he's got an incredible boldness. He's speaking to these guys with authority and the crazy part about that is, you know, they kind of have his life on the line. They can make a decision whether he lives or dies or what happens to him. And he doesn't seem to care whatsoever that they have that kind of power. They, he just wants them all to know who Jesus is, what Jesus did, the major transformation. I mean, he even talks again about, you know, I get it. I was against it too, but then look what happened in my life. And you should be, you should be the same way.
2: When Jesus was on trial, uh, the entire story was about Jesus and going to the cross and his death and resurrection. When Paul was on trial, the entire story was about jesus and and his death and resurrection and conversion of paul and and uh, hope for for all the nations
0: and I also think it's interesting how Paul uses, and I think we see Peter doing it too in earlier chapters. They're using the scripture, they're using the, the the Jewish scripture to point to Jesus, to say, see, this Messiah, the Messiah had to suffer and die. They're using what they know, what the people they're talking to, what they know to point them to Jesus, which I think is really interesting, too. What we don't see Paul doing here that I've, we've seen in earlier chapters is they'll give an account of Jewish history And then they'll say, and then this Jewish that you, this Jesus that you killed, that you, you know, sent to the cross that I always felt like they're very in their face about when they're on trial. And, but there is a, to your point, Katie, about, um, there's not a care for Paul. Paul doesn't have a care for his own good, for his own livelihood, for his his own physical wellness.
3: Right. He's just focused on the cross. And I think too, I mean, one of the reasons here that I think he probably doesn't, talk about the fact that they killed him is cuz these guys me I mean there was some connection for Agrippa to the Jewish faith like he understood it I believe that was through his wife um but neither one of them were actually Jewish which I mean <laughs> in point. this chapter yeah, point. or Festus just says you're crazy like he doesn't get <laughs> at all what's going on he's like you you need you just Need to chill. I don't know what you're talking about.
2: I love this. I'm not even sure what this line means, but Festa says your great learning is driving you insane, mm. which I think any college student can relate to.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That is funny. So, is there anything else that can, that stood out in chapter twenty-six that you want to make sure that we talk about?
2: You know, I think it's just be ready to share your story. Know your audience. They know know where you can find points to relate. Uh, I don't have a Paul like conversion story, uh, but I do have a story, and and I can use that to point to Jesus. It's not about me, but I can use that story to point people to to who Jesus is and what He did for me and what He can do for anybody else who tends to hear my story.
0: I think that's a great point because I because I came to know Christ, and made the decision to follow Christ at nineteen. And then when we were students here at Northwestern, I would talk to people who are like, oh, I don't have a good story. Like, I just grew up in a Christian home, blah, blah, blah. And I would say, well, it's the same grace, the same grace that saved me, saved you. And you you also have a story. And so I think that you're right. It's important to know your story, to know the difference that Christ has made in your life, to be able to testify like Paul is testifying
3: about the work of Jesus in your life. Absolutely. And I think that one of the things we can take away from Paul here that is significant is his lack of fear in telling his story. Uh, I think the world and Satan would love nothing more than for us to keep quiet. And so oftentimes when encountering our friends who don't know Christ, we, we struggle to share our story boldly. And I mean, we have far less on the line, maybe mm-hmm. a friendship, but far less on the line than Paul did in this moment. Yeah, so it inspires me to remember that God is big enough and strong enough in every situation to make himself known, whether I open my mouth or not. But even better, if I'm in communion with him and allowing him to use my story to change the people around me.
0: Yeah, that makes me think of in Revelation twelve eleven, where it says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives until death. I think that's what we see
3: Paul doing here. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, and, you know, the mere fact that God chooses to use us as his vessels to tell his story is has always been something mind-blowing to me. God's perfect. He could do this perfectly, and he chooses to use imperfect people because for some reason that brings him more glory. And okay then, it's my job now to humble myself and allow him... To do what he does best.
0: Mm-hmm. And he lets us play a part. I know. Take a part in his big plan. It's crazy. It's amazing.
2: I almost want to leave it there. But the <laughs> uh, the great thing we talk about, you know, not having a big story or, you know, I don't have a really powerful testimony. You know, maybe it's you came to know Jesus at a very young age and life has been okay and you've had some hardships that come with life, but it's been relatively okay. Every one of our stories... The dramatic ones and the simple ones are tiny stories in the scheme of eternity. Mm. But as a part of God's big story and as a part of the the gospel and a message of redemption, those stories become a part of something really, really massive and really big and powerful. Uh, And so when we look at our stories the way Paul did here in light of who Jesus is and, and what he did for Paul, our measly stories become something big or become a part of something big.
0: That God can use to draw people to himself. Yep. Yep. If you've never written your faith story, I really encourage you to do it. And actually over at myfaithradio.com, if you go, just scroll down a little bit, and there's a place where it says my faith story, and there are some prompts to help you write your faith story. And then your story will get kicked back to you in an email, in a paragraph, and then you can read that story. And so you can be ready to bear witness when someone asks you about your faith and why you believe what you believe, then you will have an answer for that. So that's just a tool that you can use over at MyFaithRadio.com. Well, Carl and Katie, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it. No problem. It's an honor. Thank you. was fun. You. Thank you for joining us for Acts chapter 26. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. We'll see you next time for Acts 27.
2: The Reading the Bible Together podcast is a production of Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Hosted, produced, and edited by Angela Smith. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, consider financially supporting Faith Radio. Find more information at myfaithradio.com.